You are listening to Section 11, Fables 201 to 220 of 300 Aesop's Fables, translated by George Filer Townsend. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Recording by Mike Armenta. 201. The Hares and the Lions. The Hares harangued the assembly, and argued that all should be equal. The lions made this reply, Your words, O hares, are good, but they lack both claws and teeth, such as we have. The Lark and Her Young Ones A lark had made her nest in the early spring, on the young green wheat. The brood had almost grown to their full strength, and attained the use of their wings and the full plumage of their feathers, when the owner of the field, looking over his ripe crop, said, The time has come when I must ask all my neighbors to help me with my harvest. One of the young larks heard his speech and related it to his mother inquiring of her to what place they should move for safety. "'There is no occasion to move yet, my son,' she replied. "'The man who only sends to his friends to help him with his harvest is not really in earnest.' The owner of the field came again a few days later, and saw the wheat shedding the grain from excess of ripeness. He said, I will come to-morrow with my laborers, and with as many reapers as I can hire, and will get in the harvest. The lark, on hearing these words, said to her brood, It is time now to be off, my little ones, for the man is in earnest this time. He no longer trusts his friends, but will reap the field himself. Self-help is the best help. 203. The Fox and the Lion When a fox, who had never yet seen a lion, fell in with him by chance for the first time in the forest, he was so frightened that he nearly died with fear. On meeting him for the second time, he was still much alarmed, but not to the same extent as the first. On seeing him the third time, he so increased in boldness that he went up to him and commenced a familiar conversation with him. Acquaintance softens prejudices. 204. The Weasel and the Mice A weasel, inactive from age and infirmities, was not able to catch mice as he once did. He therefore rolled himself in flour and lay down in a dark corner. A mouse, supposing him to be food, leaped upon him and was instantly caught and squeezed to death. Another perished in a similar manner, and then a third, and still others after them. A very old mouse, who had escaped many a trap and snare 
observed from a safe distance the trick of this crafty foe, and said, Ah, you that lie there, may you prosper just in the same proportion as you are what you pretend to be. 205. The Boy Bathing A boy bathing in a river was in danger of being drowned. He called out to a passing traveler for help, but instead of holding out a helping hand, the man stood by unconcernedly, and scolded the boy for his imprudence. "'Oh, sir!' cried the youth. "'Pray help me now and scold me afterwards.' Counsel without help is useless. 206. The Ass and the Wolf An ass, feeding in a meadow, saw a wolf approaching to seize him, and immediately pretended to be lame. The wolf, coming up, inquired the cause of his lameness. The ass replied that, passing through a hedge, he had trod with his foot upon a sharp thorn. He requested that the wolf pull it out, lest when he ate him it should injure his throat. The wolf consented, and lifted up the foot, and was giving his whole mind to the discovery of the thorn, when the ass, with his heels, kicked his teeth into his mouth, and galloped away. The wolf, being thus fearfully mauled, said, I am rightly served, for why did I attempt the art of healing, when my father only taught me the trade of a butcher? 207. The Seller of Images A certain man made a wooden image of mercury and offered it for sale. When no one appeared willing to buy it, in order to attract purchasers, he cried out that he had a statue to sell of a benefactor who bestowed wealth and helped to heap up riches. One of the bystanders said to him, My good fellow, why do you sell him, being such a one as you describe, when you may yourself enjoy the good things he has to give? Why, he replied, I am in need of immediate help, and he is wont to give his good gifts very slowly. 208. The Fox and the Grapes a famished fox saw some clusters of ripe black grapes hanging from a trellised vine. She resorted to all her tricks to get at them, but wearied herself in vain, for she could not reach them. At last she turned away, hiding her disappointment, and saying, The grapes are sour and not ripe as I thought. 209. The Man and His Wife A man had a wife who had made herself hated by all the members of his household. Wishing to find out if she had the same effect on the persons in her father's house, he made some excuse to send her home on a visit to her father. After a short time, she returned, and when he inquired how she had got on and how the servants had treated her, she replied, the herdsmen and shepherds 
cast on me looks of aversion. He said, Oh, wife, if you are disliked by those who go out early in the morning with their flocks and return late in the evening, what must have been felt towards you by those with whom you passed the whole day? Straws show how the wind blows. 210. The Peacock and Juno The peacock made complaint to Juno, while the nightingale pleased every ear with his song. He himself no sooner opened his mouth than he became a laughing-stock to all who heard him. The goddess, to console him, said, But you far excel in beauty and in size. The splendor of the emerald shines in your neck, and you unfold a tail gorgeous with painted plumage. But for what purpose have I, said the bird, this dumb beauty, so long as I am surpassed in song? The lot of each, replied Juno, has been assigned by the will of the fates. To thee, beauty. To the eagle, strength. To the nightingale, song. To the raven, favorable, and to the crow, unfavorable, auguries. These are all contented with the endowments allotted to them. 211. The Hawk and the Nightingale A nightingale, sitting aloft upon an oak, and singing according to his wont, was seen by a hawk, who, being in need of food, swooped down and seized him. The nightingale, about to lose his life, earnestly begged the hawk to let him go, saying that he was not big enough to satisfy the hunger of a hawk, who, if he wanted food, ought to pursue the larger birds. The hawk, interrupting him, said, I should indeed have lost my senses if I should let go food ready in my hand, for the sake of pursuing birds which are not yet even within sight. 212. The Dog, the Cock, and the Fox A dog and a cock, being great friends, agreed to travel together. At nightfall they took shelter in a thick wood. The cock, flying up, perched himself on the branches of the tree while the dog found a bed beneath in the hollow trunk. When the morning dawned, the cock, as usual, crowed very loudly several times. A fox heard the sound, and wishing to make a breakfast on him, came and stood under the branches, saying how earnestly he desired to make the acquaintance of the owner of so magnificent a voice. The cock Suspecting his civilities, said, Sir, I wish you would do me the favor of going around to the hollow trunk below me and waking my porter, so that he may open the door and let you in. When the fox approached the tree, the dog sprang out and caught him and tore him to pieces. 213. The Wolf and the Goat a wolf saw a goat feeding at the summit of a steep precipice, where he had no chance of reaching her. 
he called to her, and earnestly begged her to come lower down, lest she fall by some mishap, and he added that the meadows lay where he was standing, and that the herbage was most tender. She replied, No, my friend, it is not for the pasture that you invite me, but for yourself, who are in want of food. 214. The Lion and the Bull A lion, greatly desiring to capture a bull, and yet afraid to attack him on account of his great size, resorted to a trick to ensure his destruction. He approached the bull and said, I have slain a fine sheep, my friend, and if you will come home and partake of him with me, I shall be delighted to have your company. The lion said this in the hope that, as the bull was in the act of reclining to eat, he might attack him to his advantage and make a meal of him. The bull, on approaching the lion's den, saw the huge spits and giant cauldrons, and no sign whatever of the sheep, and, without saying a word, quietly took his departure. The lion inquired why he went off so abruptly without a word of salutation to his host, who had not given him any cause for offense. "'I have reasons enough,' said the bull. "'I see no indication whatever of your having slaughtered a sheep, while I do see very plainly every preparation for your dining on a bull." 215. The Goat and the Ass a man once kept a goat and an ass. The goat, envying the ass on account of his greater abundance of food, said, How shamefully you are treated, at one time grinding in the mill, and at another carrying heavy burdens. And he further advised him to pretend to be epileptic, and fall into a ditch, and so obtain rest. The ass listened to his words, and, falling into a ditch, was very much bruised. His master, sending for a leech, asked his advice. He bade him pour upon the wounds the lungs of a goat. They at once killed the goat, and so healed the ass. 216. The Town Mouse and the Country Mouse A country mouse invited a town mouse, an intimate friend, to pay him a visit and partake of his country fare. As they were on the bare plowlands, eating their wheat stalks and roots pulled up from the hedgerow, the town mouse said to his friend, You live here the life of the ants, while in my house is the horn of plenty. I am surrounded by every luxury, and if you will come with me as I wish you would, you shall have an ample share of my dainties. The country mouse was easily persuaded, and returned to town with his friend. On his arrival, the town mouse placed him before bread, barley, beans, dried figs, honey, raisins, and, last of all, brought him a dainty piece of cheese from a basket. The country mouse, 
being much delighted at the sight of such good cheer, expressed his satisfaction in warm terms, and lamented his own hard fate. Just as they were beginning to eat, someone opened the door, and they both ran off squeaking as fast as they could to a hole so narrow that two could only find room in it by squeezing. They had scarcely begun their repast again, when someone else entered to take something out of a cupboard, whereupon the two mice, more frightened than before, ran away and hid themselves. At last the country mouse, almost famished, said to his friend, Although you have prepared for me so dainty a feast, I must leave you to enjoy it by yourself. It is surrounded by too many dangers to please me. I prefer my bare plowlands and roots from the hedgerow, where I can live in safety and without fear. 217. The Wolf, the Fox, and the Ape A wolf accused a fox of theft, but the fox entirely denied the charge. An ape undertook to adjudge the matter between them. When each had fully stated his case, the ape announced this sentence, I do not think you, wolf, ever lost what you claim, and I do believe you, fox, to have stolen what you so stoutly deny. The dishonest, if they act honestly, get no credit. 218. The Fly and the Draft Mule A fly sat on the axle-tree of a chariot, and, addressing the draft mule, said, How slow you are! Why do you not go faster? See if I do not prick your neck with my sting. The draft mule replied, I do not heed your threats. I only care for him who sits above you, and who quickens my pace with his whip, or holds me back with the reins. And away, therefore, with your insolence, for I know well when to go fast and when to go slow. 219. The Fisherman Some fishermen were out trawling their nets. Perceiving them to be very heavy, they danced about for joy and supposed that they had taken a large catch. When they had dragged the nets to the shore, they found but few fish. The nets were full of sand and stones, and the men were beyond measure cast down so much at the disappointment which had befallen them. But because they had formed such very different expectations, one of their company, an old man, said, Let us cease lamenting, my mates, for as it seems to me, sorrow is always the twin sister of joy, and it was only to be looked for that we, whom just now were over-rejoiced, should next have something to make us sad. 220. The Lion and the Three Bulls Three bulls, for a long time, pastured together. A lion lay in ambush in the hope of making them his prey, but was afraid to attack them while they kept together. Having at last, 
by guileful speeches, succeeded in separating them. He attacked them without fear as they fed alone, and feasted on them one by one at his own leisure. Union is strength. End of section 11